Hello, welcome to Kamari's Place. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, night, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Come on in, make yourself comfortable, because today we're just going to chill out. It's literally raining and thundering and lightning outside. It's a really big deal outside happening, but we're just going to chill inside, and I think one of the first podcasts that I'm going to do today is that we are kind of going to go through the poem folder in my notes app um which kind of just documents and chronicles some of my most recent thoughts um and feelings and ideas etc so without further ado let's go ahead and get into today's podcast okay so this morning i happened to be looking through my notes app and I went through the poem folder in my notes app where basically it houses all of my recent writings. Um, it's my like creative outlet. So whenever I have like a thought or an idea or like a poem that comes to mind or some type of like just quick thought, um, sometimes I will capture it and I will store it in my poems folder. And the notes app and that's a very special place for me because it's just like I said before a creative outlet for me by no means am I a, a poet um, by no means am I actually great at writing you know what I mean but one thing that I can do well is capture my thoughts and my feelings I probably should not be talking right now I probably should just be relaxing and chilling but the thing is that I got home from church and I didn't take a shower right away so there's no way I'm just gonna get in my bed and relax when I feel dirty like there's no way I'm gonna do that and I don't feel comfortable just chilling out anywhere in my home at the moment you know what I mean like I could get on the couch but again I just feel like that's gonna make me more dirty I could go into my parents room but I'm not ready to go into my parents room yet so I'm just sitting on my floor in my room passing time but anyways what was I saying oh yeah by no means am I like actually good at this stuff like there's you know what I mean and it's not to like denigrate myself like I'm not trying to deprecate myself it's just to say that like I understand that there's room to grow but at the end of the day I like what I like and I like doing this and I think that a lot of the things that I do write I I love because it's me it's whatever I'm thinking in the moment and I love the idea of idea of being able to capture whatever I'm feeling in that moment and being able to capture it in a way that I can put it somewhere and I feel like it's a creative way of capturing it. So with that being said, I'm kind of just going to go through the folder. I'm going to go through the folder and we're going to read some of the most recent ones that I have written because I have another podcast that's like everything I've ever wrote in 2022 or, or 2021 or something like that I have a couple of other podcasts where I like have um kind of read some of the other things that I've written but since then I have had a lot more thoughts because I'm always thinking I'm always growing um and I'm gonna start reading those in this podcast and then depending on how I feel and if I'm passionate enough I might start another podcast specifically talking about one of these topics that I just added to this list today because girl when I woke up this morning when I tell you I was inspired, but then I was also like, what is the word that I'm looking for? 
I had so much like abhorrence or maybe like indignation about this topic when I tell you I tell you you know what I mean like when I woke up this morning I was thinking about because okay I'm gonna leave it alone because I don't want to get into it but just know that it's on the topic of black people and specific in the black community calling our young black children specifically our young black girls fast or grown just know it has to do with that topic but when I tell you that I had thoughts and feelings about it I had thoughts and feeling about it and that's what really got me into this kind of philosophical mindset that I'm normally that I sometimes get into and that's pretty much the beginning of how I even thought to kind of go to my poem note app um is it in here is it in here? It needs to be in here if it's not in here. I actually need to add it because halfway through me kind of writing down my thoughts and frustrations about that um, particular idea, it kind of went into a poem for a second, but more so it was just me documenting my thoughts and my ideas. So I'm actually, I need to like move that to the poem section because that's exactly where it belongs. Belongs. But let me navigate back to the poem folder so that we can read what we have. So the first thing um, that is on here is, it says, every town is someone's hometown. Sometimes the grass is the same on the other side. I added that second clause just today because when I first, when this first came to mind, the only thing that I wrote down was every town is someone's hometown. And that came to me one day when I was driving and I was thinking about my hometown in specific and how, um, how I feel like sometimes this is this push to want more. And I think it's okay to want more, like, but where this came from is for me, I hear people's discontentment with their hometown a lot, especially with my hometown. I have always grown up hearing people's discontentment with where we live. And it's that same notion that I hear from so many other people who also have a same level of discontentment for their hometowns, where it's like, oh my gosh, there's nothing to do here. There's nothing here for me. I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to get out. I can't wait to go. I need something more. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. There's nothing to do here. My hometown is born. My hometown, like I'm not, you know what I mean? I hear that type of rhetoric a lot from people who live in my hometown. And then I've also frequently heard that rhetoric from other people from other various different cities across the U.S. in specific. I, I guess it could go for the world, but that's where I've normally he- heard it. And for me, that's always been something that I didn't fully identify with. Because while I can understand people's um, critique of their hometown or their discontentment or their feelings of wanting more, their feelings of outgrowing where they currently are, I can understand those things because those are real things. Like, And I think that they should be validated that like sometimes it is true that like where you are is not where you are going to end up and where you are is not where you need to be and where you are is a little bit too small for you or you're outgrowing it or sometimes it is true that your hometown really does not have a lot to offer when it comes to your specific interests or when it comes to your your specific goals and aspirations that's that is totally true and valid that a a a hometown or a city that you grew up in doesn't give that you know what I mean and so I don't want to take away from those experiences because those are true feelings 
but I feel like for me every time I've heard it I never really could fully identify with with those feelings or attitudes towards my specific hometown I've always recognized that like where I grew up where I grow up and where I where I grew up and where I currently live um, is more of a suburban area it's not a metropolitan city it's not closely um, packed geographically um, there's not it's not a young demographic here um where i live at it is definitely more so for the retired people for the snowbirds or for people who have families like it's not a young crowd that like is you know up and coming youth type of vibe that you would get from other cities um across the u.s you know what i mean like i've always recognized that but even in me recognizing that i never looked at the city in a negative light of like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. There's nothing for me here. I can't wait to get out. I've never had that mentality of I can't wait to get out. You know what I mean? I've always had the mentality of I can't wait to see the world. I've always had the mentality of I cannot wait to travel and see what else is out there. But I never had the mentality of like, I am so abhorred by my hometown that I cannot wait to get out. And I have to remind myself that just because I haven't had that feeling doesn't mean that other people don't have the right to have that feeling. Because for some people, their story is different and they have different reasons for why they need to get out. You know what I mean? Um, But more recently, I kind of started to recognize how people can have those feelings and why people would want to have those feelings. Because when I first arrived back from living in Florence, Italy for a month, I similarly had that same level of discontentment or that same attitude towards my hometown of like, I was living in a city that was a lot, well, technically it was not younger, it was a lot older by hundreds of years, Um, but I was living in a city where I was with people my age, I was living around people who are my age, I was in a city that was more lively in the sense of it was really city living like when you walk outside you walk everywhere when you walk outside there's things to do around you when you walk outside everything is fast-paced exciting you know metropolitan type of vibe it was not the suburbs by any means and so when I returned back home I really did miss that vibe that I lived in for a whole entire month I missed that vibe and when I got back I found myself feeling discontent And I could really then begin to kind of identify or um, resonate with the similar feelings that other people were having. But with that being said, I also had to remind myself that like for many people, every town is someone's hometown. So I could dream of leaving my hometown in terms of going somewhere else. I could dream of leaving my hometown to go to a city like Miami, a city like Tampa, a city like Orlando, a city like New York City, a city like San Diego, a city like Atlanta. I could I could como se say dream of leaving my hometown in hopes of going to a new city. But then there's there's Another fact to the fact that I'm sorry that I'm having a hard time conveying what I'm trying to say, but I could dream of living, 
of going to another city. But in reality, that city is also someone else's hometown. And what I mean by that is that the same feelings that we have for our hometown are highly likely the same feelings that these people have in the town that we're dreaming to go to. Now, let me kind of like explore that a little bit. Where I live at, we have like a couple of shopping malls, complexes, and things like that. You know what I mean? And where my best friend was living when she was in college, she lived in Tampa. She lived in like a suburb right outside of Tampa. And they had a similar setup where it was like this shopping complex um, where it was, it was a shopping mall where you can kind of go a promenade if you will. And so there were lots of new restaurants that she can try out, um, stores that she can shop in, etc, etc. Objectively looking at those two things, it's the same thing as the forum. It is the same thing as Gulf Coast Town Center. It is the same thing as Coconut Point. It is the same thing as Como City say Miramar Outlets. And all of the other things that I just listed are different shopping complexes that are in the area that I live in, Southwest Florida. What she had in Tampa was the same exact thing that we have over here. It's a place with restaurants and shopping places to go to. It's a shopping center. It's a promenade. You can walk and just do, you know what I mean? And she really loved that shopping center. She really loved the idea of being able to kind of like walk through her neighborhood, kind of go there on a regular, walk through, go home, like relax. And then a little bit later on, once she moved back, she was kind of expressing her feelings of like missing that. And then just recently we were having a conversation of like where she, we were trying to like storm up ideas of where she could go um, for this hangout that she was doing with an old friend from high school and she was like we really have a lot of shopping centers around us when you think about it and I was like yeah like we actually really do have a lot of shopping centers but we've become desensitized to these different shopping centers because we've lived here our whole life so the allure and the charm and the newness and the Como City say infatuation has long dwindled away because we've lived here our whole life but when we see that same type of setup in a new city, because it might be new restaurants or new stores, we're enamored by it. And we're like, oh my gosh, I wish that I was there because my hometown is boring. There's nothing, there's nothing here for me. It's boring. We don't have anything to do. When in reality, sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, when in reality, sometimes, is it that you don't have anything to do or is it that you have done all that you can do here? And that is okay if that is the case. But to say that there's nothing to do is an overgeneralization. Is it that you don't have anything to do? Is it that the city doesn't have anything to offer? Or is it that the city has offered all that it can offer to you? Is it that you have done all that you can do in this place? And I feel like just changing that verbiage makes a world of a difference for me. For me, because I hyper-focus on the way that we phrase things. Because what you say has implications. You know what I mean? And so, back to the thought process. Because I know I'm taking y'all way around the world to just drive this point home. At the end of the day, everybody's hometown. Everybody's, every town is somebody's hometown. At some point, you're going to outgrow it. At some point, you're going to become desensitized. At some point... The grass can be the complete same on the other side. And so I'm just saying this because I don't want to discourage anybody from longing to go somewhere else, to do something else, to move somewhere else, because those are all important facts. You know what I mean? Like just as much as the reality is that 
the place in Tampa is the same shopping center as the place that is here, there's another reality that that is also new. And where you live at in your hometown is old and you've become desensitized. And, and that is a true reality, too. That's a valid reality to have, to want something new, to want something that is going to challenge you, to want to explore something else. Because where you, where you are currently, you've done everything that you could do here. You've exhausted everything that there is to that the city has to offer. That's totally okay in recognizing that you have outgrown a city or that you have done all there is to do in this city or that the city no longer has anything. Those are totally valid excuse um, reasons. But the reason why I think this sentiment hits home to me is because sometimes we long for something when in reality we have not explored everything that the place that we currently are has to offer we long to go to a new city we long to go and experience something new we long for something different for something other we long for the grass on the other side of the of the gate we long to see the grass on the other side of the gate when in reality we haven't done all that we could have done on this side we haven't seen all there is to be offered on this side we haven't went and explored everything that the city has to offer on this side you know what I mean so if you long it for something else at least check to see if you've done all that you can do on this side at least see if you have explored all you can see on this side and once you've done that it's tough I don't know. I don't I don't have a right to tell you what's valid and what's not valid. But for me, then it's valid to be like, I've done all that I can do. I've saw all I can see. This has this this has been good to me. I've explored. The city has given me so much, but now it's done giving. There's nothing else it can give. I want to go somewhere else. I think that's a valid experience. But if we're going to sit in our hometowns, in our homes, not do anything, not explore anything, not really see what it has to offer, then yeah, it's not going to give anything because you're too busy wanting to go somewhere else. When in reality, the grass is the same on the other side. It's just new to you. You know what I mean? In some cases, we know there's anomalies everywhere. But in most cases, like that's what it is. So I hope that I conveyed that in a way that was able to be understood. I know that it took a lot, but to just summarize that thought process, every town is someone's hometown, meaning that the same feelings that you have about your hometown, if you're one of those people that is like longing to do something else, but you really haven't exhausted everything that it is that your city has to offer, the same feelings that you have about your hometown, about it's boring, there ain't nothing new to do, nothing new to see, nothing... They, they feel the same way about their town. Nine times out of ten, they feel the same way about their town. It's not to take away from the charm of that town. It's not to take away from what the town or the city has to offer. It's not to take away from anything. You know what I mean? But they're probably feeling the same way about their hometown. You know what I mean? The grass is the same on the other side. So tend to this grass on this side. Once you've done all that you can do with the grass on this side... Then venture out. But stop trying to jump the fence to see what's on the other side when you haven't even taken care of everything that's over here. Because the grass is the same, it's just new. The grass is the same, it's just different. If that makes any sense. 
I know, I know, I know. It doesn't make any sense. But let that resonate with you. I don't know what that means. Again, I'm not trying to stop people from exploring. Like, I don't want you to have a small town mentality. I want you to go. I want you to explore. I want you to see. But I don't want you to be discontent. Like, discontentment is, 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 is not a great virtue to hold in you. Let go of discontentment. It's okay to have curiosity, but discontentment is not something that you want. I don't want you to be complacent in your hometown and never want to see anything new. But don't be discontent in thinking that, oh my gosh, whatever is over there is just so much newer, so much better. Because the longer you stay, the more desensitized you become to something. So yeah, it's going to be new in the beginning, but you're going to run into the same issues that you have in your hometown. You still got to do laundry in your own town. Just as you got to do in a new town. Like, you won't have the same mundane task. It's just going to be new, more to explore. And that's okay to want more to explore. But because... I got cut off because I'm doing laundry and I have to put on timers because if not, I will forget. But yeah, just be... Try to be content. I, I'm going to stop talking about it because I have this bad habit of like saying the same thing over and over and over again. I hope that you got it. So the next note that I have in the poems note folder is confessions of an awkward black girl, symptoms of an awkward black girl constantly in my head. So this is a work in progress. I literally have nothing down yet. But I want to document the confessions of an awkward black girl. And I want to talk about the symptoms of an awkward black girl. And I kind of, when I was writing, starting to write down at least the title or the idea that I had in my head, I kind of wanted to write it in a way of like, you know, one of those infomercials about this random drug that (laughs) they're testing out. It's like, so do you have these following symptoms or like, um following drug might have such and such symptoms like this monotone voice that's kind of how I wanted to write it if I were to write it um but basically this whole idea of like confessions of an awkward black girl came to me is because today I was at church and I am truly an awkward black girl through and through I think I have self-diagnosed myself as one having social awkwardness I wouldn't say social anxiety because I'm not I don't get anxious to go outside but I do think that I have a little bit of anxiety when it comes to um socializing with people who I don't know it's not something that I want to do um but more than that I think that it just airs more on the awkward side of like I'm not comfortable talking to people just to talk to people especially if I do not if I do not know you in an intimate manner if I know you in an intimate manner I could talk all day I could locations is I you know what I mean I wanted to use that word because I just was reintroduced to that word so I'm trying to build my vocabulary and I just put that in there for no reason it wasn't even like needed but when I'm in an intimate space where I feel comfortable I can talk all day long but just going up to people whether I've I've known half of these people in my church my whole entire life but I don't know these people on an intimate level so therefore I don't want to talk to you and I don't want to hug you because I am not um a hugger I don't like physical touch really at all again unless you're my mom like I really love hugging my mom but that's pretty much my nephew it's pretty much the only people that I love hugging other than that I really don't want to be in close proximity with a lot of people and so these are just natural things about me like I'm not comfortable talking to people who I'm not intimately close to and I do not like hugging people regardless but at church everybody want to hug everybody 
And everybody want to talk to everybody. And I know that it's like the simplest thing to be like, hey, how are you? Hey, how come? But sometimes I just don't want to do it. Sometimes I just don't want to do it. And it's not because I don't like you. It's not because I hate you. It's not because I don't want to be near you. It's not because I'm, you know, whatever, whatever, however. However, it's not because I have a stick up my butt. It's just because I do not feel comfortable doing that. I don't want to do that. But because of social obligation, I know that the obligation, I know that because I am in this setting, I'm expected to hug my pastor's wife and to hug my pastor. I'm expected to greet people as we're leaving outside of the church because that's what everybody else does. Everybody else hugs. Everybody else sits and they chats and they smiles and whatever, whatever. I know that that's an expectation just socially. That is that is an obligation that I feel like I have, but I don't want to do it. So some days I push past it. And I'm like, okay, because I know that I'm socially, you know, this is a social expectation. I'm going to go in. I'm going to hug my pastor's wife. I'm going to go in. I'm going to hug my pastor. I'm going to go in. I'm going to hug sister such and such. Because I know that this is something that would make them feel good. And I know that this is a sign of love to them. This is their love language. So I want to speak to them in their love language. I don't want them to think that I hate them or that I'm in a bad mood. So I'm going to go do this. So sometimes I push past it and I do it. But a lot of the times is not something that I would have wanted to do in the first place. I just would have been comfortable waving and going maybe not even that I don't really know but I know that hugging like is not my first inclination you know how some people's like their first thing is to go and hug somebody that's not my first thing I can say hey how are you probably I can smile at you but like I'm not looking to hug you and another thing is that like talking to people extendedly I don't want to do that I don't want to do that um and so sometimes it takes two it (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, but it's true for me. Sometimes it feels like it takes a lot to even say hi to somebody because of the fear of ha- of the possibility of the conversation having to go longer than just saying hi. You know what I mean? And so sometimes I will do it, but again, it's not a comfort zone for me. And so then on the flip side of that, there are some days like today where I really just would like to leave. Like, if I could just, we could just dismiss a, you know, middle art watch between me and thee while we absent from one another and just name we pray, amen. If we could just say that and I could just leave straight out the door and really just kind of do like a quick little wave at everybody and then beeline out the door, I would have done that because that's where I was at today. Like, I really did not want to <laughs> say hi to anybody. But again, kindness or like, I don't know what to call this, like, Again, I don't know what to say. Anyways, today was one of those days where I didn't feel like doing that. And so I didn't. The only, re- the only person that I hugged was Pastor. My Pastor's wife wasn't there, so I didn't hug her because she wasn't there. The only person I heard was Pastor and this other lady because she was new and I had to interrupt their conversation. So I interrupted it by hugging her and hugging him. And then I got up out there. I said hey to the little babies because I feel comfortable with babies. Babies and little kids, I feel really comfortable with them because it's like they're they're not intimidating like there's no expectations with babies you can just kind of be yourself there's no guards to be had with babies so I'm comfortable talking to kids I don't I don't want to talk to y'all I don't I don't want to talk to y'all I don't want to have a conversation with I I do not want to do small talk with no adult kids I can small talk all day tell me about it I'm listening yeah okay all right kids I can do that grown folk no 
And then, like, there's these middle-aged kids. They're, like, in elementary, probably, or maybe even middle school kids. They're all boys. I think they're all sweet. But for some reason, I'm so socially awkward with them. Like, do I hug y'all? Do y'all want to be hugged? Like, I'll hug y'all if y'all want to be hugged. But, like, do I hug y'all? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not y'all TT. The only person that I'm comfortable with is my nephew. Like, that, I only got one nephew. You know what I mean? But I literally love those kids so much. I admire them so much. They're such good big brothers. Like, very much, like attentive to the little baby that they're always with they're always looking after him like they're gonna be good caregivers one day good fathers if they become fathers one day because the way that they're like taking care of their little brother or whoever he is excellent but talking to them is awkward like I I don't know and so today I was a little bit limited in my talking and in my openness and I was in my head of like I feel like I'm switching up my behavior is inconsistent every time I leave a social um interaction nine times out of ten I'm mulling over what just took place I'm always in my head thinking about how was I received how was I received I didn't I wasn't as bubbly I wasn't as open so I'm hoping that they didn't feel like I was being rude I hope they didn't feel like I was being and I just think over and over and over again confessions of an awkward black girl that's me at its como city it's a core same thing that happened with my um the trash man that were on our street one day they were taking out my they were picking up my trash at the same time that i was walking out of the door for class that morning and i didn't make eye contact because that's scary that's awkward so I didn't make eye contact but then the whole time in my head I'm like I hope they don't think that I'm stuck up like I hope that they don't think that I'm being rude right now like I'm too too good to not make eye contact with the with the trash bin you know what I mean that's what I'm thinking in my head the whole entire time and so then I'm backing up and they're going down my road and so they're in the middle of the road for the first part and so I'm just patiently waiting and then eventually when they go to the next house they pull over to the side enough for me to be able to go around and so I was very thankful I was like okay thank them I was so thankful for them to be considerate enough of me to move over so as I was going around I didn't like let the window down or say hey that's something that my mom would do oh my gosh hey thank you I didn't like do too much but I did like put up my hand on the wheel and kind of waved at them and I was like oh my gosh like I hope they saw me wave at them my wave of thanks like I hope they saw my wave of thanks because I would hate for them to think that I wasn't appreciative of them moving over so I'm mulling that over in my head even minutes after me even getting down the street and leaving these people you know what I mean that's the confessions of an awkward black girl at its core do you guys have those symptoms do y'all have those symptoms because I do yeah how long is this podcast it's already girl hmm, I feel so bad but I actually don't because this is my podcast I get to do what I want to do and that's the best thing about having a podcast where you audio journal you get to say what you want to say and do what you want to do and you can talk as long as you want to talk because there's nobody else on the other side yes there's somebody else on the other side but at the end of the day this is not a conversation so you can leave at any point I don't have to listen to you you don't have to listen to me all I have to do is say what I want to say I can say what I want to say I can do what I want to do there's no stakes here literally no stakes at all I do what I want okay anyways next this next writing says I want to be liked and be liked. I want to see and be seen. I want to hear and be heard. I want to know and be known. I want all the things that love can bring without all the energy that love requires. I want requited love, but not quite love. More like a sight, dot, 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 because I don't know. I didn't finish it yet. 
<laughs> I didn't finish it yet, but that's basically where I got so far. That was just the first thing that came to mind. I was like, I want to be, I want to like and be liked. I want to see and be seen. I want to hear and be and be heard. I want to know and be known. I want all the things that love can bring. I want all of them without all the energy that love requires. I want requited love, but not quite love. You know what I mean? Um, I hope you can understand. Like, I hope you know what I mean. Because, like, that's really how I feel. Um, I don't know what where this came from. But it was probably me just in my feelings about, like, liking the idea of love. But then also recognizing that I don't want love. You know what I mean? Like, I want love. And I love the idea of love. But where I'm at right now, I know that love is a lot. You know? Especially a romantic type of love. A platonic love I can do. I can handle that. You know, a familiar love, I can do that. But a romantic love, I feel like that's a lot, you know, to do right now. And I don't know if I have what it takes to to do romantic love. But I want all of the things that comes with that. Like, I, I love the idea of, like, liking someone and being liked back. I love the idea of, like, seeing someone and being seen. You know what I mean? I love the idea of being able to hear others. And I love the idea of them hearing back. That's one of my biggest, like... One of my biggest love language in specific is you listening to what I have to say. I know it's so selfish, especially considering how much I talk. But if you value my voice, oh my gosh, that's the best thing ever for me. That's a true love language for me if you value my voice. Because I value my voice. But anyways, I want to know somebody and I want to be known. I do. Like, I really do want all of that stuff. All of that lovey-dovey, ushy-gushy stuff. But when you think about actually doing it, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I really want, maybe I want, maybe I want requited like. I think I want requited like. I I can't do requited love. You know what I mean? That's why I said not quite like love, though. But I think I want requited like. I'm going to write that down. More like. More like requited like. Heavy like. Strong like. I want to like somebody bad. I don't know. Like, okay, I'm going to write. Like, the type of like... Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to finish writing that later. Like the type of light that makes you makes you blush while being black. I want that. You know what? That's what I can do. I can do a requited like. I think I'm I think I can handle a requited like. A requited love, I don't know. I don't know. But a requited like, I think I can do that. But that's basically where this whole little writing came from. Me wanting a relationship, me wanting to vibe with someone, but then me kind of backing out because I feel like it's this huge thing. I don't know if it's like me misunderstanding what it is because for me I feel like it's this grand thing that's going to take so much energy so much time so much emotion and I just don't have enough for that to give to do it the right way so it's making me scared I'm just like I don't want it at all you know what I mean or 
if it's like it is those things but like it can be done if you don't make it as grand as you think it's supposed to be like it's doable I don't know I, I literally have no idea somebody tell me you know what I mean but it's like I want that but then at the same time I don't and it's kind of giving like commitment issues but we're not gonna talk about that right now but that is the next writing now the next writing says the sun kissed me and I kissed it back now let me just give you a little bit of disclaimer like forewarning discretion listener discretion is advised one of my como say poem writing styles is very matchy matchy rhymey rhymey like almost like primary style writing that is very much my style so pretty much every single syllable not every single syllable but every single common city say stanza is going to end in a word that rhymes together and it's going to be very rhymey rhymey it's going to be very surface so i just want you to be aware because i hope you're not looking for something that is <laughs> above average because i'm not going to give you that but this is what i was inspired by in the moment and let me give you a little bit of backstory to this before i get into it i saw this one photo of me that was taken of me while i was in rome and girl when I tell you all throughout being in Italy I was outside all day all the time so I got really tan like I was deeply deeply browned you know what I mean I was very tan while in Italy and I saw one of these pictures that was taken of me while I was in Rome and when I tell you my skin glowed and it was such it was this deep hue of brown I was astonished and that's when I was inspired and that is when the sun kissed me and I kissed it back came to me. And basically what I mean by that, the sun kissed me and I kissed me back. It's a play on words. You know how somebody says, oh my gosh, you're so sun kissed. The sun kissed me. And then where I kissed it back comes into play is that like, I kissed it back. I was appreciative that the sun kissed me. I was appreciative, um, appreciative of the fact that the sun browned me that I got tan I was very much happy and in love with the fact that I was tan and that I got darker and so I kissed it back the sun kissed me I got tan I got darker and I kissed it back because I appreciated that response and when I started writing the rest of this because the first part came to me which is what I just said the sun kissed me I kissed it back that came to me immediately when I saw that photo and I was inspired which side note I am frequently inspired by my own self. I know it's kind of giving borderline like self-absorbed. I understand that. But a lot of my inspiration comes from me seeing my face and then something just comes to mind. That's where mode and fold came from. As horrible as it was, that's where mode and fold came from. And that's where the whole admiration series came from. Where I was just looking at this, this photo of myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I really love your eyes, Kamari. Like, wow, I really love your eyes. They really smile. Like, what is happening? Oh my gosh, I love your smile. Love those commas at the Northeast and the Northwest. Like, who does that? You know what I mean? Who that? Who that? Anyways, that's besides the point. I'm sorry. But anyways, that first part came to me when I saw the photo. But then the rest of the writing kind of, I was inspired by my niece and how I frequently hear, sometimes I will hear um, the beginnings of, how do I, how do I word this? Sometimes I hear how she's already being conditioned by our society to not like her skin and I want to counteract that and I want to be a representation of that I do not want colorist beliefs to infiltrate my nieces and my nephews and their cousins 
their cousins, como se dice, um, brain. Like, I do not want colorist beliefs to infiltrate their way of thinking and their worldview because it is no way to live. It is no way to live to be colorist or to hold colorist beliefs and internalize those about yourself. And so as I was writing this, I was really inspired by that of like counteracting those beliefs that I can already see trying to take root. But I'm not, I if I have something to do with it, I really want to start getting active and making sure that we are redirecting those beliefs and making sure that we're reaffirming our young black kids that like, getting being black is okay and getting dark is okay like it's literally a natural progression that happens it's a sign you know what i mean that you're healthy it's a sign that things are working the way that they're supposed to work you know what i mean like being black and getting tan is a blessing it's not a curse don't hold that and so as i started to write that that's basically where my head was at But let me just get into the reading because I'm doing a lot and I just need to read it. So I'm going to start from the beginning. The sun kissed me and I kissed it back. Proud of being brown, my hue will never make me frown. The color comes with the crown. The sun kissed me and I kissed it back. I never shy away from being too black. Being black is a part of the pack. I kissed the sun and I told it don't hold back. Make me rich, make me tan, make me glow, make me shine like spick and span. That's all I got. That's all I got. I told you. It was going to give primary, it was going to give elementary, but that's who it was intended for. It was intended for the elementary kids and the middle school kids. That's who it was intended for. It's sweet, it's simple, it's to the point. I, the sun kissed me, I kissed it back. And the sentiment is, don't be ashamed of being tan. Don't be ashamed shamed of being dark don't be ashamed of being black is evidence of melanin the fact that you were able to tan is like is giving evidence of the fact you know what i mean like it's just giving evidence of the fact you finish it i'm not going to it's just giving evidence of the fact it's very much giving evidence of the fact of the fact of you can finish the rest but literally tanning is literally a sign is literally a sign. You finish. You finish. You finish. I'm not going to finish. You finish. Tanning is literally a sign. Getting darker is literally a sign. Being black is literally a sign of being beautiful, of being created, and a commodity say divine image. You know what I mean? And we all are uniquely created. You know what I mean? Shout out to my pasty brothers and sisters. I love y'all. I, okay, let me stop. <laughs> I do love y'all though. Like that's not the joke. I I didn't laugh because I didn't love y'all. I was just laughing because I started to not make sense. I don't and it just came to me. It was it just became clear why I was laughing. I was laughing because I started to sound like a hotep and that was not the territory that I was trying to get into. So I hope that it was clear that it that you know what I mean? Like I wasn't trying to be hotepy. I was just trying to be simply proud. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to be too on the extremist side. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't trying to go that far into the deep end. And that's why I started to laugh because I realized that I was starting to sound extremist. And I just wanted to make it clear that, like, I am being sarcastic at this point. There's truth to it, but it's, it's, it's como se dice, what is that word called? Um, this has to be, this has to be, it's not parody. This has to be, what is that word that people do? Um, what is that word? 
and not sarcasm it's like this has to be satire like I wanted you to understand that I was getting into the satire side of things and my delivery of what I was trying to say I do believe truly in all in all honesty be proud of being black it's okay to get dark and you should be proud of that and I do believe Coma City's a wholehearted delay I think it's a beautiful gift that black people were blessed with the ability to be able to tan some of us black people because there's a lot of really really Como City say like black people that are not able to tan and they burn and that is okay you know what I mean like it's literally okay and so I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting into the two extremist side because I I could hear myself sounding hotepi but anyways that's besides the point I hope you can understand where it was coming from but honestly I cannot be too bothered by it um if you know you know if you don't you don't and if you don't know I do not have the vocabulary to tell you the next note reads okay should I read it first and then tell you where I think I should read it first because then that allows you to make your own interpretations before I give you my interpretation because that's what I heard the beauty of poetry is is that it's up for interpretation so I think I'm kind of ruining the art by telling you what I intended it to be um but if you want to play a game with me I'll read it first you can pause you can let it soak and resonate and then you can hear my thought or you can literally just listen to it and then I'll tell you regardless um of where I was coming from but let me just read it first so the next note says waiting for the day I meet someone bigger that's the title but it's also the first line so let me kind of read it again that's the title waiting for the day I meet someone bigger now Let's get into the actual reading. Waiting for the day that I meet someone bigger, someone big enough to take up the space, someone to take up the space you occupy in my mind, someone to fill up the space you occupy in my heart. Waiting for someone new, waiting for the day I meet someone bigger than you. That's it. That's it. That's all. Again, super sweet, super simple. It's not going to get too, como say, crafty. Like, I do not have that skill yet. I will say yet because then I'll give myself space to grow. I don't have the skill yet to get too wordy with it. It's straight to the point. Straight. Like, there is no type of como say illusions at all. It's straight to the point. What you read is what you see. What you hear is what you comprehend. You know what I mean? But anyways, um, there's no real... I want to say essence, so I'm going to say that. It's no real essence to this, but what I really wanted to say is there's no real substance behind this. Like, I can't tie this to a specific person or situation, but I, what I like to do fully, I have so many different writings about a figurative person. Actually, no, I can tie this to a person, but it's not in the way that you would think based on how I wrote this of like this idea of heartbreak and grand love and como city say like that like I cannot resonate with that fully but what I love to do is get artful with my writing and so I know that there's so many people out there that can fully relate to the idea of being in love and then going through heartbreak and then going through all the motions of it I've never been in love so I literally could not tell you what that is like but what I can tell you is what it feels like to experience unrequited love, but not quite love, more like unrequited like, unrequited like. But basically, I can tie this to number seven. If you want to get a background of number seven, go to all the boys I like before a podcast and that tells you about number seven. Number seven, funny enough, and I'm actually proud to say he has not occupied my mind much in the past couple of months, which is very, very great. Before I left before I left to Italy, 
he was on my mind for a second. But then while I was in Italy, Italy and once I got back, he really has not been on my mind, which I'm so happy to Como City say report that I'm kind of like letting that go. Whatever happens with that happens. But at the end of the day, I'm recognizing that my infatuation for him is really rooted in him being a comfort and him being a familiar face. You know what I mean? It's simply that. All I latch on to is the way that he made me feel in the moment in the little blimp of time that we had together. It was literally a blimp in time. And because I have not experienced anything to match that, because I haven't experienced anything to trump that experience, I fixate on that because what I want is an experience that is that of. But not particularly that. So let me kind of like flesh out my thoughts a little bit better so you can understand me. I felt like I was latching on to him and I was magnifying him as like, this is the guy that I want to be with. This is the guy that I really like. This is the, And that wasn't really the case. It wasn't really about him per se as like who he is. I do like who he is or what I know of him. I will say that like I do like what I who he is and what I know of him but it wasn't really about him it was just about the idea of someone like him I just wanted an experience like the experience that I had with him it didn't need to be with him because if anybody else came down the line he would be out my mind immediately but because I have not met anyone like him and because I have not experienced an experience that is on the romantic spectrum like I have with him because he was the last person that I had like a deep crush on he's taken up my mind because I'm fixated on the idea of being with someone and because I haven't met that someone he's the person that is the fan cast in my head he is the person that is like the prototype in my head and I was starting to misconstrue the two and then I had to realize you need to separate the two it's not really him because anybody could come along and meet the same I keep getting cut off left and right. It's because I got the timer on and then my best friend calls me and whatnot, whatnot. But basically what I was saying is anybody could come along and meet the prototype and I would be infatuated with them. And so the essence of this writing is like just waiting for the day that I meet someone bigger, someone big enough to take up the space, someone like who can match and supersede what that was, if that makes any sense. But I'm going to come back to this later because my best friend is calling and she kind of takes precedence to this conversation because I can have this conversation at any time, but I can't have a conversation with her at any time. So I'm going to go ahead and call my best friend. But you just hold that thought. I hope that this is making sense. I hope that you're liking it. But if you don't like it, I know I like it. So that's it. That's what it is. You know what I mean? That's what it is at the end of the day. But anyways, I'll be back soon. You hold tight. All right. Bye. Alrighty. Alrighty. I am back and it's been some time. But I am back because I really did want to finish this podcast today. I thought I was going to have so much time to just do many different podcasts today. But I just simply could not because I was talking on the phone with my best friend. And we haven't talked like all week. It's crazy um, because we're both in two different seasons and two new seasons. And so it's been hard. Not hard. It's just been um, difficult trying to find our new routine. Especially because we're both super busy. She's teaching full-time now I am still in college I'm at a new university it's my first semester here first semester as a junior so there's just a lot of new things going on for us that causes us to be super busy where our schedules are different but we're finding our way and so we ended up talking today for a good little while and we're gonna hang out on Friday 
And so, yeah, I'm super happy. I'm super excited for that. But that's where I was before this. But we left off on waiting for someone bigger. And now we're going to move on to the next writing, which is entitled Anthology. So there's just like a couple of um, threads of thoughts within this voice um not voice note but within this particular note in general um so the first thought that's on there is sometimes i don't want to be misunderstood if only communication were that easy and yeah i'm not no explanation needed sometimes i just don't want to be misunderstood and i hate it when i feel like i'm misunderstood um the next one says affirmations to ease anticipation and anxiety these are the affirmations that I tell myself to ease anticipation and anxiety. I say, I am my own person. I am on my own journey. And it's so simple, but though those two phrases in particular really do help to center myself back to this is me and I'm on my own journey. And it really helps to reduce that feeling of comparison or that, 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 um, that need to compare yourself to someone else it just really helps to bring you back to focus on yourself when you're kind of just all out over here they're doing this I'm not doing this they're wearing this I don't wear that they're going this way I'm not going that way they're able to do this I'm not able to do that am I not enough because I'm not xyz and then in order to kind of just mute all of those thoughts I am my own, what did I say? I am my own person. I am my own person. And that really just gives me permission to be Kamari. And whatever capacity that is, I am Kamari. I cannot be whoever else. So whoever else I'm fixated on at that moment, who else I'm worried about at that moment, whoever else I'm trying to, you know, imitate or worry about or compare myself to, I not them. Can't be them. I'm not, I am my own person. Whenever I feel anxious about something that I'm doing because I feel alienated or I feel like it's left of center or I feel like whatever it is, whatever it is, and I'm getting in my head, I am my own person. So that gives me permission to do Kamari. And I am on my own journey. What I do is not going to look like what they're doing because we're not on the same journey. They're on their journey. I'm on my journey. We're not the same person and we're not on the same journey. I am my own person. I am on my own journey. They're their own person. They're doing whatever they got to do over there. And I really love that. And then the last one, I mentioned this in one of my last most recent podcasts. And I think it's like sage words for sage words or sage words for sage in them. Um, but it says, as long as you'll have me, I'll have you. And where that stems from is me realizing that a lot of my my tendency is to have people in my life and not really cut them off unless it's like an extenuating circumstance where it is like urgent and dire that I cut them off. But other than that, I really don't cut people out of my life. And sometimes people are just in my life because I think that they're cool people or because we just happen to be in each other's lives and for a lot of my well I can't even say a lot because I really don't have that many como say um people in my circle but for people in my circle excluding Hannah that's the only person that I effortfully keep in my circle like you're in my circle I'm working with you that's not to say that I don't work for all the other people in my circle but it is to say that like if you get it you don't you don't but what I'm trying to convey with that is that a lot of the friendships that I have acquired over the years, most of them haven't been because I went out of my way to make them my friend. They just so happen 
to make me their friend and I just so happen to reciprocate. That's usually how things work. Like you make me your friend and then I'm your friend. And because you view me as a friend, I serve that role and I'm your friend. And most of the time is reciprocal. Like I want to be your friend. So that's why I'm there. And then other times I'm there because you allow me to be there. So as long as you'll have me there, I'll be there. And then when you'll let me go, I'm okay with that. When you decide that we've grown apart, if you decide that there's no longer a need for me in your life, for the most part, unless you're Hannah, it's not going to have that big of an effect on me. You know what I mean? It sounds crazy and it kind of sounds, yeah, but that's how it is. I don't know. But also to take that thought a little bit further, it can be an endearing sentiment. It also can be a dangering sentiment. On the endearing side, it's like as long as you're willing to have me in my life, I, I will be there. That's literally it. I'm the type of person I'm not going to hang up on you unless you hang up the phone first. And I'm getting better at that, but normally I'm like that. Like, unless you hang up, I'm not hanging up. Unless you say you got to go, I'm not going. Unless you say, like, that's usually how it is. And so in that sense, as long as you need me, as long as you need me to support you, as long as you need me to be in your life, I will serve that purpose. And then when you say it's time to separate or whatever, whatever, however, however, most of the time it's not a heavy falling out. Most of the time we just grow apart and it's just like, oh, oh, that's a person that I used to know. I used to be close to them. I used to talk to them for that season. And then we grew apart or whatever, however, we just kind of like stopped talking and I'm okay with that. There's other instances where it was kind of like it was a blowout. It was about two or three. I would say three instances where it was like a blowout. (laughs) Then that's the reason why. And I do have stakes in most of those interactions but that's not what I'm talking about and then on the dangering side I think that it can become dangerous because it can easily get into the territory of obligation where you no longer really want to be in that person's life but you just stay in that person's life because they want you there and then you start to stay in their life out of obligation and that can build resentment and that's what I'm trying to steer away from so as much as when I first thought about that thought it sounded like, oh, that's so cool. Um, I realized quickly that, oh, yeah, we need to put boundaries on that. There needs to be stipulations on that because it can easily get into a commodity, say, um, slippery, slippery slope. The next one is entitled, well, it actually really doesn't have a title. This is just the next note. We're moving on. We're on the next one. Next one and action. It says where it reads, water is often a black girl's enemy. From infinity to infinity, we fight to defend our natural hair's integrity. Water defines the curls that defines us. Curls, they define us. Not in a way that confines us, but more so in a way that reminds us of how much beauty there is in the divine, in the way that the divine one designed us. But in reality, it's more like a frenemy, dot, dot, dot. So basically, I think I was in the shower And I was thinking about how water and black girls, we really be beefing. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where the water is often a black girl's enemy comes from. Because sometimes we be beefing. Like, you know the stories of like, oh my gosh, it's raining. My hair gonna get messed up. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to the pool today because I just got my hair done. Or I'm gonna get in the pool, but I'm not dipping my head up under the water. I just got my hair done. Like, no, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? Or, you know the way that we shower 
for the most part, we're not like the people who are on the movies who get in the shower and you see them in the shower and they dumping their head up under the water. We're not doing that unless we're intentionally washing our hair on that day. And then that's the whole wash day. It's not a wash time. It's not a wash period. It's not a wash second. It's not a wash moment. It is a wash day for most of us black girls. And we have to intentionally set time, set time apart to be like, today we washing our hair. Because it's a journey. And it doesn't have to be a burdensome journey, but it is a journey nonetheless. It's a process for us. And so water and, and black girls, sometimes we can be enemies. We can be beefing. Like, let, let the nature decide we're going to rain today and you catch me out. It could be a problem. Now, for me, sometimes I don't have that much of, like, beef with, with rain, especially when my hair is natural, depending on what state it is. And depending on what state it's in, because if it's in a puff, like me and water, we could be best friends today. You know what I mean? Like it rain, whatever, whatever, however, however. But if my hair is straightened and it's raining outside, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. If I have an awake and my leave out is up, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. In a straight, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. But regardless, that's where that comes from, where I was inspired because I was in the shower and I was thinking about like, I have learned, like, growing up, I learned how to wash my body without getting my hair wet. It's just like a, it's a natural instinct at this point. It's a thing for us. And just to voice this thought that's coming to my head, for so long, that thing has been a thing that I feel like has been stigmatized and it has been seen in a negative light. Like, we know certain attitudes that people have towards black girls. Oh, my gosh. They're so uptight. They can never just do anything fun. They just can't go to the pool and have a good time because they're worried about getting their hair. Yes, we are. It's a big deal for us. But it's seen in a negative light for us to, to honor our hair in the way that we do. You know what I mean? There's not space created for us. You know what I mean? It's been stigmatized to a degree. And I have internalized that stigmatization where sometimes I feel like I'm too uptight or I'm doing too much because I care about my hair. But it's my hair and it, does, it, and it requires a certain amount of care and attention and, como se dice, um, um, thought that other people don't have to bring to their hair. But my hair, yeah. Yeah, my hair, yeah. Because my hair, this is what we're doing here. You know what I mean? And so when I, when I started to think about that, when I was writing it, I'm starting to like release that internalized stigmatization that I have put on my own hair and how I react to it. I think it's okay for me and water to be because I understand what water does to my hair. I understand. I think it's okay for me to react how I react. And I think it's okay to express that. And so that's, that's where we get the first half of it. Water is often a black girl's enemy. From infinity to infinity, we fight to defend our natural hair's integrity. And if you know, you know. If you know, you know that water has the power. It's very powerful. It has the water to distort our natural hair's integrity. Or it has the, the, the power to restore it and revive it back to life. Because one thing about it. In special doses, water is essential to black girls and their hair. And that's where we kind of get at, at the last statement where it kind of goes off dot, 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 because I haven't finished it yet. But the last statement says, but in reality, it's more like a frenemy. Because, yeah, while we beef from time to time when it's unwarranted, yes, it's an enemy. But then there are times where water and black girls are best friends. Let me tell you about the times that water and black girls are best friends. 
that little spray bottle that most of us have in our bathroom or in our hair box, that's when water is our best friend because we get to control it. We get to decide how water interacts with our hair. We get to decide in what amounts and in what magnitude it gets to affect our hair. That's when it's our best friend. When you saturate your hair and you let the curls begin to define, when you saturate your hair so you can detain, so that you can detangle the knots that have formed because of how tightly coiled or loosely coiled your hair is or curled it is. I just started experiencing fairy knots because I started wearing my hair in its natural curl pattern where I don't twist it out, but instead I just literally wet it and then I put some type of curling cream or gel on it and then I just let that define my natural curl and they're very they're very um tightly coiled and individual I don't get ringlets like thick ringlets like my curls are very thin and individual coils that happen and so what will happen is at the ends of just how coily it'll get it'll literally not at the end and I'm getting all these different fairy knots as I heard somebody refer to it on TikTok which I love again about our hair is that it creates a whole community of people who are able to express their creativity with their hair and express how they care for it and how they live with it and exist with it and all that kind of stuff. I love it. I live for it. One of the things that amazes me the most about black women is how creative we can get with our hair. Every day, we coming out with new hairstyles, new way to do your hair. And then not only new ways to do your hair, but new ways to do your hair inside of a style already. They over here making braid, box braids and faux locks and twists bobs all of a sudden because you wrapping it coiling it up back up now you can you have versatility within the versatility that you already have with your hair i love it period it's so exciting to me and it's been a journey because sometimes it's not an exciting thing for me it's still an ongoing journey where i'm still at various stages of of confidence with the way that i view my hair and the way that i wear it and things like that just another thought that's coming to my head that I'm going to voice right now is how I've been recently on the recently on this journey of seeing the the power that we hold as black women when it comes to our hair and the way that changing up our hair is a superpower and again it shouldn't be something that's stigmatized and seen in a negative light. So I remember last semester I had so much anxiety surrounding my hair and like when I would switch up my hairstyle because I have this one little U-part wig that is very natural looking. It can pass as my natural hair any day because it's it resembles my natural hair texture when it's straightened or stretched out. And so I had so much anxiety when I started to wear my hair out naturally curly and the shrinkage was real. And I'm like, well, the shrinkage with my natural hair is disproportionate to the length that the wig had. I'm going to out myself that it wasn't mine. But why is that a negative thing to out yourself that it wasn't yours? It's not yours. We're not going to try to pass it as yours. Like, yes, it does look like mine. It's that good. Yes, it does look, but it's not mine. And I should be proud that, yes, I can wear a wig on one day. And then I can wear my natural hair on another day. And then I can come back with my hair straightened and look like the wig, but just in a shorter length on another day. And then I can get braids and I can do it all over again. I can do any variation that I want to because I am a black girl. 
And that's what we get to do with our hair. The endless, 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 como se dice, um, I forgot what the expression was, but just endless variations and opportunities and just creative, creative, um, I'm sorry, I just can't, como se dice, what do you call it, compute, whatever I'm trying to say. But anyways, there's endless amounts of opportunities with our hair. Changing up our hair is our superpower. And when I change my hair, I'm trying to tell myself this. I'm, I'm really growing with myself and I'm upgirding myself to really just reaffirm myself. And so when I get into those anxious moments, I tell myself, like, when you change your hair, that's literally your superpower. And you should, you should walk with your head high. Yes, last week I had on a U-part wig and it was given flowy beach waves now today i'm walking in with kiki twist in my head and it's down my back and it looks like mine is not mine and then tomorrow like next week if i decide to change it up i will i will because i can that is what i've been blessed to do with my hair and so just back to the original sentiment of this on the first part i kind of described you know the war that water and black girls have had going on for years now. But then on the other hand, it's not all, you know, negative. There are many instances that water is our best friend, it's our frenemy. We love that thing so much, it's so precious to us and we hold it sacred because in so many ways, water helps us. In so many ways, water is the key to transformation for us. Like, have you ever seen a black girl dip her head up under water in the pool? We're one of some of the very rare times few times that we go to the pool and we actually decide you know what we're gonna get our hair up under the water have you ever seen a black girl dip her hair up under water and then come up and you see how stretched the hair is and how the water just holds it down for a second you can see it and then as she arises up out of the water you see the water hold it down and then the hair shrinks back up it's so amazing how versatile it is and how it can literally transform at the snap of a finger, at the dime of a second, if that's the if that's the expression that is used, it's crazy to me, and I love that I was able to express that in my own words. The next one, this is probably one of my most recent ones. Again, I just be thinking, and stuff comes to mind. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I'll write that down. This came to mind. You make me believe there are other worlds. That's it. Take it how you wanna. It's cool, to me. Let me see what else is here. The type of girl I want to be. I want to be the type of girl that makes a boy feel like he's the only person in the world. Again, you know what you want to know right? My tag name, my como se dice, what is it called? My alias is kinda Kamari. The whole idea behind that is that yes, it's me who said it, but it's kinda me who said it because a lot of the things I say are not original. They're unoriginal. A lot of the things I say are influenced by everything in this world, everything that has ever been said, that has ever been done, that has ever been um, acted out, anything that I have ever heard. Everything I say is influenced by that. Sometimes it just manifests in a new way, in a new light, but everything is influenced by something before me. So it's kind of Kamari. Yeah, I said it this way, but somebody could have said it in another way way before me many times many different people and that's why it's kind of Kamari because nothing I do is original 
it's just original to how you might to how it might be presented to you how you might be experiencing it it might be new to you original to you but like kind of kamari you know um girl this is homework from last semester what is that doing here oh i don't know what this is but i'm gonna read it i remember every feeling pour out of me you watch it drain to the sea i don't know I don't know what that I don't know what I came from. You mean the moon to me. I love this. So cute. I don't know if anybody has ever said that before. I've never heard it. But like, I feel like again, somebody probably has it. But you mean the moon to me. You mean the moon to me. I, I, I just think it's so cute. Again, here we go with something else. This is just stuff that comes to my head. You are the love of my heart to the do us part. You are the love of my life to the day I die. Who is this? Who am I talking about? I literally have no idea. Okay, this next one says the best way to live is to do things genuinely because you love it and want to. If you seek something in return and don't find it, you'll duly be disappointed. And that's true. That just speaks to the whole idea of obligation and how it's a construct. It's not a construct. I'm literally just throwing out words at this moment. But to a degree it is. And what I mean by that is that this whole idea of obligation of like people owe us stuff. In actuality, nobody owes us stuff. You can say they owe you. But like at the end of the day... We only do things because we want to do it, for the most part. We only do things because we want to do them, for the most part. You give because you want to give. You act because you want to act. You go because you want to go. You do because you want to do, for the most part. Yes, there are outside influence. There are outside factors that influence a lot of what we do. But for the most part, when it boils down to it, usually... We go because we want to go. And so you can say all day, I did this for you. You owe me this in return. Unless there's a gun to their head, unless there's a third factor forcing them to do this, they're not going to reciprocate just solely because you did it. They have to want to reciprocate. And so if you go out into the world saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Because I'm expecting something in return. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because I'm expecting something in return. Because it must be a return to it. Unless they want to. is not going to happen. The only exception is a third variable influencing their action. But exclude third variable. They got to want to in order to do it. They got to want to do it. So when we get into situations where... A lot of times I see this in relationships, whether it's romantic or platonic or whatever it is, where people will be frustrated because you're doing so much for the other person and they're not getting anything in return. You're not going to get anything in return. That's the whole point. You're not going to get anything in return. You're constantly say mistaken if you think that you're going to do everything and get something in return. What you, what the key to a working relationship is finding someone else who wants to do what you do or wants to do something for you in, in, in general. And to better word that, the key to a working relationship is to find somebody who wants to reciprocate. 
Because at the end of the day, you can do anything you want to do. You can give love. You can give support. You can give it all. And unless that person wants to reciprocate, they are not going to reciprocate. And just because you gave doesn't mean that they owe. You can think that they owe, but unless they want to do it, they're not going to owe you anything. So find the people who want to reciprocate. You have to find the people that want to match you. You have to. Because if not... You go doing and you're looking to get something in return. You're going to be duly disappointed because they have to want to. They have to want to. They have to want to. That's the end of the day. They have to want to. All right. That is it. Oh, the last one I have is God, you are so gracious. It says, God, you are so. You're so gracious, so kind, so wonderful, so divine. You're a good father. You're the one that seeks and finds. You're, you're a living water. You're the living vine. I like that. It's cute. That came to me while I was in church. And so, yeah, that is all that we have there. That is all that we have there. Okay, I have only a couple more. A lot of the times when things come to me is when I listen to instrumental and I try to put lyrics to it and I just see what comes of it. So this is from an instrumental that I was listening to called Liquid Sunshine by John Cameron. And basically I say, liquid sunshine, that's what I see when I look in your eyes. Liquid sunshine, that's what I feel when I see your smile. Liquid sunshine warms me, makes me feel fluid, loses me, makes me feel free. That's it. Liquid sunshine. Love it. The next one is Romance by Hiroshi Hiroshi Suzuki. Suzuki and it says your romance rose me wraps me up in rose that's it I don't have anything else there I don't know what that is and then the last thing that I will end with is this groan actually no I want to make a new podcast about it but then I kind of want to okay I'm just going to do the little poem part of the groan thought process thread that I had um so where is it So you co-sign the behavior until the behavior backfires, and then that's when you pull out. And now it's the kids' fault; they're grown, but you're not. But you're not hands-on. You leave them to figure it out on their own, and when they figure it out as best as they can, when they replicate your model and your brand, now it's their fault; they're grown for making it on their own. Yeah, that's just a little snippet of what I was thinking about. That's just a little snippet of what I was thinking about earlier when I told you I woke up. And that was on my heart because I saw something. And then also it was already brewing on my heart for something I saw yesterday. I said, I am tired of this rhetoric. Black people, black community, cut the bleep. Cut it. Stop calling young girls grown and stop calling young girls fast. And stop doing both of them simultaneously. Stop it. Please eliminate it out of your vocabulary. I don't want to ever hear grown out of context come out of a black person's mouth talking to a black young girl i don't want to ever hear fast unless they're como city say what's her girl name shikaria richardson unless it's shikaria richardson and she running the full 400 by 400 whatever y'all do in track unless they run in track or a marathon i never want to hear fast come out of your mouth talking about a young black girl i don't want to hear it eliminated be done with that leave that in the past it is not 
It is not edifying. It doesn't do anything for us. It doesn't progress us. It does not progress us as a collective. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Delete it. Delete it. Delete all that. Delete all. Please, please eliminate it from your vocabulary immediately in this instance at this moment. Please. 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 Because you're doing a disservice to the one to the one you're talking to. PSA. PSA. You're doing a disservice to the young one you're talking to. To the young lady you're talking to, to the young black lady that you're talking to, to the young black girl that you're talking to, when you decide to use the vocabulary grown or fast in a derogatory way towards these young girls, it's not corrective. It criticizes them. It literally does not correct anything. It just criticizes them and it places blame on them and it makes them vulnerable to all kind of injustices. Please stop it. Leave it alone. Thank you. And that is my PSA for the day. And that is all that I have to say. This has been Kamari going through her poems folder in her notes app. These are all of my thoughts that are in my brain that just just go out. These are all of my thoughts. I literally love my thoughts so much. Anyways, that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. And with that being said, ciao.